He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel, and this is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode. We are at Awkward with Evan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, awkwardwithevan.com for every single old episode you can find. And of course, there is uh, rating and reviewing and sharing on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, etc. And to support, there is patreon.com slash funnyevan. So... Uh, I went back into my Long Island vault because when I was coming up in this crazy life, uh, I took my lumps and kind of got my feet wet uh, while doing some open mics in Long Island, on Long Island, at the Moonchaba Lounge. Moonchaba Lounge in Levittown, Long Island, near and dear to my heart. And it's good to reconnect with my Facebook friends who I initially met there and was very supportive, and he has gone on to bigger and better things. Uh, he is a professor now, uh, Professor Anthony Zenkis. But to me, he will always be Joe of Joe Lies, the lead singer of the band Joe Lies, which is an amazing band, and it was an amazing uh, renaissance of art that we got to see uh, during those few years. We kind of overlapped there, and uh, we kind of go back and go into that. But the other aspect is he's he has a, a background, I think, in dealing with... Uh, you know, people that have encountered abuse and he made a video about Joe Biden and, you know, it was picked up by the Trump campaign and it went viral because he was explaining just the behavior of Joe Biden, even though he was Anthony himself is not a Republican. He's not a Trump supporter, but it's funny how things kind of work when they are left to float around in social media cyberspace. So it's a very fascinating experience uh, he underwent, and I definitely wanted to hear all about it. I kind of just let him roll, and uh, it was definitely great to catch up, and I'm going to prove it to you by giving you my talk with Professor Z, Prof Z, Anthony Zenkis. Alright, this is Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. It's a different Facebook friend every episode, and I'm going back into my Long Island vault for a fabulous man, a man who I've seen on stage many times, and for some reason he's a college professor also, and uh, he's viral, and he's he's everything we should all want to be. Uh, welcome, Anthony Zenkis, aka frontman of Joe Lies, Anthony Lies, whatever you want to say. I, I don't know. I don't know. Just it's such a great reception, and uh, it's great to hear uh, to hear myself referred to in the in the context of music. Yeah. Right. I, and uh, yeah. So I was yeah, I was listening to your I was listening to a Joe Lies track the other night because I like saw something. <clears throat> I think you shared it on Facebook, and it was like you and I forgot the other Brian maybe. And uh, it was it was a it was a legitimate track. I mean, this was something that was recorded and it's out there. And uh, but then you've carved out this other world for yourself. So I don't know if you want to is the double timeline of of Joe Lies and Professor Zenkis. Right? How that happened? How that overlapped? I mean, I mean, we could just boil it down to my bar tab at Moonshaba Lounge just got (laughs) too too big, and. 
and uh, just playing there in the band wasn't cutting it. So uh, it's actually when, you know, we were, so you and I, Evan, were, we were at the bar when it was Munchaba Lounge. Right. Then it turned into Vintage. Oh, that's right. Then it went back to Munchaba. That was better. And and then it became Jazzercise. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, I started teaching in 2008. Okay. So, yeah, the bar was still open. I was still performing. Uh, I enjoyed, you know, being there. But it was weird because I would go in after like a year of doing the teaching. I was thinking like, oh, it's weird. Like I'm a professor yeah. and I'm here. Uh, nothing really changed. And, um, you know, it's interesting. But so except for now because everything is on Zoom. Right. Right. But experience like I've done with bands, not just with Joe Lies, which also ended up being called Drabinko for a while, because that okay. was the player's <laughs> last name. We'll get into that. But with other bands as well, where I wasn't the singer, yeah. um, I just played keyboards and backups. But I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows in my life. Like I've been yeah. playing since I'm 15. Yeah. So teaching, <laughs> standing in front of a class, and being able to keep people interested for two hours and not sing uh, and not singing. Yeah. Cause I try to, <laughs> I try to keep them not, you know, in that state where they, where they have to listen to me. Um, but, but having the stage experience does help as far as, I mean, listen, you have to have the knowledge pacing right. yourself, but pacing and timing is important for people to hear something and absorb something. Yeah. I gotta be up there. And I have got, I've got to, you know, it, it takes energy. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a little bit of that showman. And yeah. I also do a lot of professional training. So I'll speak at a conference with like 400 people yeah. in the audience. And oddly they, they come and they, they, t- they, they pay to yeah. hear me, to hear me <laughs> speak. And, um, I just, you know, I don't have the heart to tell them that, uh, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the, the general thing. And then we could talk about like what it is that I teach about at some point, if you want to. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, I would, we can talk about, uh, cause when I was there, I was at Munchaba downtown, you know, like this was 2003 to 2005 for me. Um, but we could talk about first, like that long Island scene. I mean, it felt like there was something special happening at these venues at that time. Yeah. And there was something like organic and community based. Uh, it was, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I mean, it just seemed like there was a long Island music scene, even though I was like the court jester that just kind of popped up to do my dumb songs once in a while. Well, we love those, those, you were great. And, yeah. and, and uh, there, there was something special. So moon Chavez started and we're talking 18 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but in in uh, in different forms for like a good ten years, there was uh, there was this this moment on Long Island, mm-hmm. which is you know for those that don't know Long Island, it's always considered like the the uh, unwanted stepchild, which is horrible that yeah. that's used as a metaphor. Yeah. But the unwanted stepchild of like New York City, like right. you know you live in New York. Even Brooklyn and Queens are physically on Long Island, but they they will never admit it. 
right? <laughs> yeah. So Long Island is always like, ah, oh, Long Island, you know. But here's the thing. In that moment at mm. Munchaba, there were so many, I mean, we were one of the bands, but there were so many good acts performing original music. Right. That, and, and some of them like, well, you know, Nine Days, Brian right. from Nine Days used to perform there. Mm -hmm. Um, we had, we had some really good people pass through and there were some good shows there, but you know, it was something special because like one night it was Tuesday night, right? we would do our open mics and that's the first time Joe lies performed live. Right. And then like Wednesday or Thursday, they'd have Wednesday's karaoke. Well, Wednesday was karaoke, and then Thursday, Thursday they the had, like, poetry reading. That was when I started. That was the first time I did it on the stage, yeah. Yeah, and then they also had, like, a, the pool table was covered with a tarp, and then there would be, like, clay, and you could – there was art. Yeah, original artwork. It, it was just this awesome – you know, and I think I think there's room – you know, once the pandemic is over, yeah. I think there's room for something creative like that. But it was a wonderful moment. I met so many talented, really interesting people – some that aren't with us anymore. I don't know if you remember Craig, Craig Manganello. Uh, uh, I know like a mama cats lead. Yeah. He got, yeah, yeah. well, here's yeah. the thing. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, because their guitar player also died yeah. of a heroin overdose. Wow. And he is one of the best guitar players, famous or unfamous. I have ever heard in my life. This, right. this kid he was 27 and this was right. before heroin was big. Right. But um, I don't know. I guess I was naive. I didn't know there were people at that club that, that did heroin, but I mean, I guess people right. everywhere do things, but uh, he died there. The singer ended up dying, I think by suicide. Right. And, uh, but then Craig Manganello also passed away and he, he just, he was, he, he was ill, but he was yeah. a great guitar player. So there were some really great people that, that walked through that place. But, mm -hmm. um, like a lot of things, it was, you know, it's like a, a slice of life of Long Island and that urban kind of decay, yeah. suburban decay. You know, we pushed it away as far as we could, but it kind of crept in a little too. Yeah, I mean, I could feel it on the the down curve of it when I when I would even host a couple of those open mics. It just felt like it, it, the magic had kind of faded a little bit. I feel like it was like this could be like an ESPN thirty for thirty, where it was kind of like this was the outro of of that time. But it was definitely a heyday that I enjoyed a lot. And then, I, what was your story? You told me about how you found out about your teaching job. Like, were you talking like Johnny Beehive at the time when you got the news that you were going to be a professor? Yeah, because I had interviewed. So I worked at a child abuse agency that. Right. Um, I mean, I don't go into detail, but right. so I worked at an agency that did that worked with child abuse, and then we merged with an with a rape crisis center and domestic violence center. Right. Um, so I was working there, and I did a lot of trainings, professional trainings. So right. I, you know, once every week or two, I'd be up in front of people training them, and somebody who arranged one of my trainings had been a dean at uh, at one of the schools that I ended up working at. Yeah, and she said, you know, you'd be a great professor have you ever thought of doing that and i thought like yeah actually i have i just didn't know how to go about it yeah so she said i'll get you an interview and i went and i interviewed a couple of weeks later and the woman said wow i you know i really i like your experience i think you'd be really great here yeah. unfortunately i don't have anything for you right now right so 
I said, all right. She's like, so you're hired, but once we get an open class, you know, and this was in the summer. No. So she said, maybe for the fall, but right now I don't have any openings. So it might be next spring. I said, okay. You know, if it happens, it happens. And then yeah. one day I was sitting with Johnny Beehive, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> and um, I sat at the bar having a glass of wine. And uh, and I got a text message, I think, or an email, you know, but it bleeped on my phone. Whatever yeah. it was, yeah. I, I got something, a text message on the phone that said, uh, are you free to teach? No, it was a text message. Are you free to teach a class? And this was August. And um, it started in two weeks. So I remember looking at Beehive and being like, he's like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I, I'm going to be a professor in two weeks. And <laughs> I don't, I've never done it before. And I only have two weeks to figure out what I'm doing. <laughs> it's crazy. And then my first day, you know, what do you do? What do you do? You know? <laughs> I don't know what they're supposed to call me. Shit. So I tell them my first name and my Mr. Zenkis. They just all called me professor because they need that, you know, because yeah. Um, it's, 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 you have to have that kind of decorum, but it's funny. The second class I walked in and I said, I started the class off with this. I said, so does anybody have any questions? And all these hands pop up questions about the readings. Now I had done the readings, but yeah, I, I was, I didn't answer half their questions. <laughs> so I talked to a professor who had more experience and she said, never do that. Never just say, does anybody have any questions? <laughs> Unless you know the answers. And I said, well, what do I do if I don't know the answer? She's like, a really good technique is uh, if somebody asks a question and you don't know the answer, gesture to the class and say, would somebody like to try? <laughs> <laughs> now, just so you know, yeah. I ended up, uh, I did, I did end up, end, end up learning more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> since then, but uh, but it's good, and I really love, I love the students. I like, I like being able to to be a part of their learning. And I, and there's so much craziness going on in the world. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to give them a frame of reference to look at their learning in a different way than they were getting from other, other yeah, traditional. Yeah. Um, what, so I guess what, what is the field? Like, what are they majoring in if they're taking your stuff, whether it's at, you know, the school in the city or the school out on Long Island, like, do they, well, yeah. So I teach at Columbia and I teach yeah, yeah, yeah. At, a, at a local school too. Um, it's social work. Okay. So they're majoring okay. in, they're getting their master's in social work. So I teach okay. in a master's program and uh, I've taught at other schools as well. Like here yeah. and there, someone will say, oh, can you pick a class up this semester? So, yeah. you know, um, that's, that, that happens. But so they're going to become social workers, but you know, a social worker can do anything, Right. right. They could be a, a therapist or a counselor. Right. They could work with substance abuse. They could work with abuse victims. That's my background working yeah. with of abuse. Yeah. Um, they could work with the homeless population. They could work with psychiatrics. So, right. you know. All right. We're going to get back to the rest of my talk with Anthony. But first, here's how you can support me. You can go to patreon.com slash funny Evan. That is the most direct way to allow me the time and the resources to find these lovely Facebook friends of mine and corral them and force them to talk with me. And then if they deny it and they turn it down, oh, who knows what wrath they will face. But regardless, um, there's a lot of different tiers uh, for your support, um, whether it's uh, getting a follow from the podcast 
on Twitter, or if it's getting a consultation from me in something, or title sponsorship for the podcast, T-shirts uh, from Socially Awkward. We have a few up at uh, teespring.com. So uh, there's a lot of different tiers. Go check it out there. If you can support anything, even if it's a dollar a month, it totally helps. So without further ado, let's get back to my talk with Anthony. Have that, like, so that background of yours kind of fed into, you know, obviously there's a big video about you. We can kind of go there that, you know, with your abuse in the background, all of a sudden the lead man of Joe lies is talking about another Joe on a video that went super viral that I actually messaged you about like, Hey, check out, look, I saw you on this thing, but a lot of people saw you on this thing. So do you like the origin or what happened? And right. The spike. I will of it all? throw this out. The, okay. what, what was the, what was the last part? The spike of it all. Like just the, the amazing spike like, of it. inflow of just so much. Well, here's what happened kids. Okay. <laughs> so, well, all right. I've got a background working with victims of sexual abuse, right? As well as, uh, you know, family violence. Right. And I worked, I worked for years. I was a director at a, uh, a, a rape crisis center that also had a child advocacy center where like cases of child sexual abuse got investigated. Yeah. So, you know, I doing that work, I developed an expertise. And one of the things I used to do, is uh, and I still do sometimes, yeah. but I used to do a lot. Yeah. Was go around to groups of parents or concerned adults or professionals, and teach them how to keep kids safe from sexual abuse. Right. And one right. of the, the 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 big things we teach them is how to look at behaviors in adults. Yeah, that would get your alarm going to say like, all right, I don't know that this person's a predator, but I know these are unsafe behaviors. Right. You know. And so I'm getting to the, to the video, but so that's part of my work. So I have expertise in that. I led a statewide effort, you know, with other people, co-led a statewide effort in New York to roll out this new sex abuse prevention program some years ago called enough abuse. And we rolled it out in all throughout Long Island. And I, I was spearheading that. And, uh, and so we would talk to, to adults about, Here are the behaviors where if you see another adult act like this around a child, this gets your radar up. Like it's unsafe. Right. And um, so the enough abuse campaign does does that. I'm also certified in that. I'm certified in a, in a protocol called uh, darkness to light, which also talks about this. So anyway, so that's my background. Right. I've been an activist and an outspoken person politically for a while. And then the past couple of years on Twitter, even more so, we'll talk a little more about this, but um, one of the team, there's a, there was a video team that made, uh, they were doing a bunch of videos for Bernie Sanders during his campaign. They're called too far left media. Wow. And they approached me on Twitter DM and said, would you be interested in narrating a video and sharing your expertise about Joe Biden's poor boundaries with children? Okay. And the first thing I thought of was that John Stewart on the daily show, like in 2015 did a segment on this called the audacity of grope instead of the audacity of hope. And he made, he kind of made fun of it, but also pointed out like, God, these creepy behaviors. It was Joe Biden on C-SPAN at the swearing in ceremony of all these senators. Yeah. And he would like 
touched the kids in a weird way, and then he showed him touching adults weirdly. This is before the allegations came out about inappropriate touching. Right. So I remembered that, and I said to her, I was like, is it just that? And she's like, well, we've got a lot of raw video, like unaltered, unadulterated, right. straight C-SPAN video. We're going to edit it down just to see the clips of different instances. Yeah. We would like you to kind of go through it and give us your impression. And I hadn't, I hadn't seen half of it, and yeah. I did. And I was – first thing I thought is – this is exactly the stuff I would teach adults to watch out for in another adult when they're around your children. Yeah. Well, I thought this is now this, this came out after the allegations in 2019 of inappropriate touching by seven or eight women that came forward. Anyway, so I narrated it for them and I talked about it and I said to them, it's really important. I said, here's one thing I want to be really clear on. I want to make sure this video does not come across with the message that Joe Biden is a pedophile. Because you know what? There have been zero allegations that he has ever sexually harmed a child. And I want to be clear. We're talking about behaviors. Mm -hmm. We're talking about behaviors. These are unsafe behaviors. I'm very concerned about Joe Biden's unsafe behaviors when it comes to touching children. But don't jump the the shark there and say, well, he's a pedophile because people do that. And I'm like, you know, we, we talk about what we see. We don't make it worse than it is. Right. And so I narrated the video. So here's what happened. (laughs) They put it out on Twitter and on YouTube. Yeah. And then, I mean, it got a lot of shares and all of a sudden I noticed my, my Twitter numbers started going. It was a weird feeling, (laughs) you know, you, you scratch for Twitter followers, right? It's like yeah, if you yeah. get three new followers in two days, you're happy. All of a sudden, <laughs> I went up like a hundred in a day, and it felt weird. I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I like this." Like, <laughs> but but then one night, I think I told you about this when we yeah, talked. Yeah. It, the, here here was the here, <laughs> one night I couldn't sleep. I must have fallen asleep at eleven. Woke up at three. So you know. I, I go on Twitter. It's now 4.30 in the morning, trying to distract <laughs> myself. And all of a sudden, I, I, I got the I, – I, I saw somebody refer to the fact that that there was an article in, like, Info Infowars, which, which right. is Alex – That's Alex, Alex Jones' publication. Yeah, crazy Alex Jones' publication. Yeah. And then there was one in Breitbart about my, my video. And I'm like, how did it get – <laughs> in InfoWars or Breitbart, right? Yeah. Breitbart is Steve Bannon. Right. So I, I followed the link and then it linked to the tweet. And apparently a guy named Brad Parscal, who at the time was Trump's campaign manager, yeah. tweeted out this video and it got over a million views. <laughs> so it's now 4.30 in the morning and I'm like, can we curse on this thing? A little bit if you need to. All right. Well, I forget. Oh, heck. I won't say anything. <laughs> it was like, fucking Trump's campaign manager tweeted out my video. I don't, I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I didn't think that people that were Republican wouldn't, you know, share it. Right. I just didn't think Brad Parscale, who ended up, having a lot of problems after that, by the way, he, yeah. he had a little bit of a breakdown. So they took him off the team, but um, 
that Brad Parscott would, would tweet it out and it would get a million views. And here I am on there and I'm like, I'm Anthony Zankis, <laughs> expert in trauma and sexual violence. And, the, and so they know my name. And, but then I thought this, I thought, the message of that video is good. I got so many emails, well, D DMs right. from people, men and women, who said, that's what my predator used to do to me. Wow. And listen, I think people draw to their own conclusions, right? Yeah. There are there are some scenes in there where it looks like he's touching girls right by their, yeah. their chest area. And we're talking like, like six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds. Yeah. And then he keeps repeating this weird phrase to them. This is Biden. Like he says to this one, he goes, how old are you? 17. And he oh, goes, God. oh, you're six. And I'm like, what? yeah, it's – and then he kept saying this over and over. He does this a lot. He'll okay. take a girl who's like eight and he'll say, no dates till you're 30. Yeah. She's eight. She's not thinking about dating. The fact that you're thinking about dating when you're talking to an eight-year-old yeah. is, is, is something maybe to, to look at or talk about in therapy. Yeah. So I thought one funny thing with the video being shared by all these conservatives, because I mean, a lot of, Leftist progressive. And it wasn't intended to be something like that. This is more of like a general like awareness video, but yeah. one side chose to, you know, position it of a course. certain way. And then of course that'll tick off the other side. But yeah, what well, were you saying? Well, it's just yeah, I just thought, I mean, how is Brad Pascal being Donald Trump's campaign manager sharing my video about unsafe boundaries with children with Biden when there's you know, multiple allegations, sure. 26, 27 allegations against Donald Trump, including rape of a 13 year old. You know, yeah. she's now an adult woman. There's a lawsuit there. There's a lawsuit with E. Jean Carroll, the writer. Yeah. Plus there's, there are the way he's talked about his daughter, Ivanka. Oh yeah. I, you know, if I, if I wasn't her dad, I'd date her. And like, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't have kids, but I hope if I do, I never have that feeling. Yeah. Cause, cause that's not what dads should be thinking. Yeah. And um, so I thought it was very, very stupid of them because now they're opening themselves up. Right. Now, if I could say one quick thing, sure. one of the funny things about the, the conservatives sharing it is in the video, I say all people, regardless of their gender expression, deserve to walk through this world with their boundaries intact. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, you know, look, there's a lot of anti-trans people on the right. They're sharing a video that uses the phrase gender expression. So I thought like, ah, joke's on you. Yeah. Hey, at least you're spreading a good message. Right. Um, but you're right. They, you know, they use it as a football. It's, it is what it is. That's, that's politics. No, and if you can get those like, you know, general like awareness other expressions thrown into your video also to get shared. I mean, it's a bonus for what it is, but you know, obviously when you, when you, when something gets this manipulated almost by one side, that kind of, did that lay you open? Did you come out of it? Okay. Did you enjoy the, no. Okay. No, that I, was still enjoyable. So like, I don't like Trump, but I, I, one other thing, it's like, I don't, 
I don't hate all Republicans. I just right. don't vote for Republicans. Right. But there are some decent people who have different views than me, right. who I don't hate. Right. I've never liked Donald Trump. Right? right. Way back when he was doing Celebrity Apprentice and and The Apprentice before it, which I never watched, I I, I had a friend who watched Celebrity Apprentice. So we were over our house one day and she had it on. And I remember thinking, wow, this guy's just mean. Right. I, I remember just thinking like, he took pleasure in saying, you're fired. And I thought, wow, what a dick. You know, <laughs> I've never liked, I've never liked Trump. I always thought he was pompous and, you know, yeah. he's a showman. Yeah. But I never saw, I never saw the charm in him. So when they started using it, no, it didn't feel good. And, and I just, I got scared. I was like, oh shit. So yeah. then what happens now is like, I've got these, I've got, there's a club of people uh, on Twitter who hate me. Right. 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 And we'll get into why, but, uh, but so they'll use that and they'll be like, they, they, they're like, Oh, you know, he, he's, they'll come on my little, my, my little, I'll make a post and they'll say, you really wanted Trump. And I'm like, you don't know anything (laughs) about me. Like, dude, I occupied wall street. Yeah. I've more, and I'm not going through my resume, but like I occupied Wall Street. But friends of mine started Occupy Wall Street. Literally, yeah. a group yeah. of them. I was in California at the time. Yeah, I was just away for a week. Yeah. when I came back, I'm like, oh, I hope it's still going on. And then <laughs> it blew up. Right, I've gotten the, the the you know pushed and shoved by NYPD uh, at Occupy, at Black Lives Matter, at climate justice rallies, mm-hmm. um, and I protested. George Bush and the and the and the um, George W. Bush with the invasion of Iraq. So, sure. dude, I'm no Republican, but because I was in that, and they like they're like centrists. So right. they like they like Biden and they like Kamala Harris. Uh, they're like, oh, you're you're really Republican and like <laughs> whatever. No, no, I'm not. So I, I still go back to that moment. It was like four four thirty in the morning when I saw this, and I'm thinking, oh no. Oh no, Trump's campaign manager shared it and it's got at first I didn't notice how many views it had because I just switched yeah. off because I was I was upset. And then I opened it up again and it had a million views. And I'm like, a million people know me, but not through Brad Parscale and Donald Trump's campaign. <laughs> so you know, Trump probably saw it. And I I gotta tell you. Yeah was praying that and thank God that he did not tweet that <laughs> did not retweet it. <laughs> but if he did, yeah, I would have called him out and I've called him out before on his allegations and been right, like, right, dude, right. you know, clean up your own house. But uh yeah. It's a weird place to be in, you know, when you're when you're being ripped apart by like Republicans and right wing people and the Democrats at the same time. Wow. Sounds like you're making sense then if both sides don't like you. Well, they're, yeah, Yeah. they're very similar. (laughs) I mean, look, we just had an election where two credibly accused rapists ran against each other, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Biden's got eight allegations of inappropriate touch and and sexual harassment. One of those people, Tara Reid, accused him, uh, when she disclosed her full history with him back in March, alleged about the encounter where he sexually assaulted her in right. a Senate hallway in 1993. Right. right? And, and Trump has multiple accusations of inappropriate touch and harassment. Right. 
and a few rape. Yeah. So you, those are the guys that ran against each other. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that, what's that about? I guess, I guess we uh, haven't come that far. <laughs> yeah. Did your, did your students now like bring up the video more to you? Like, do you, when you, do they mention it when they see you, like when you're teaching? So I don't, or? I don't talk about that with them. So like okay. when I'm teaching, I'm teaching, I have a subject to teach. I'm dealing with that subject. And we, right. we talk about, right. we talk about the political thing in the sense of policy. Right. So policies like Medicare for all, well, right. the national association of social workers supports Medicare for all. So we don't sure. like, we'll talk about sure. policy stuff. And we talked about the election. People were nervous that Trump was going to win. And I understand because he's uh, an unpredictable right. chaos right. That, you know, that's, that's, that's dangerous in many ways. But I think our, our neoliberal government is dangerous and capitalism is dangerous. So sure. um, he's just its ugly face. But so it's funny. I'll never talk about that video. One student in the chat because everything's on Zoom. Right. A couple of weeks ago, well, maybe a month ago, before the election. Right. Posted the link. Oh my gosh! Like, Why did you do that? Now I'm, <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it. But you know what happened is that I started. You know, I started because of my background. Oh my god! <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. Need some water because of my background working with sexual violence right. and trauma. Right, mm-hmm. I came out in support of Tara Reid because I listened to her interview and she sounded like so many people that I've listened to who've been sexually assaulted. Yeah, her trauma story rang very true with me, and there are reasons I won't go into detail here right. where. It was very textbook. Some of the things she spoke about and the way she spoke about her trauma are exactly the things that I teach police, prosecutors, judges, doctors, counselors about. So I remember listening to it and being like, oh, shit, she's telling the truth. Yeah. I don't know what to make. I heard about her story and I thought, oh, what is it? Yeah. And then I listened to the the, the interview on Katie Halper's podcast. Okay. You should check out. And that's when I thought. Oh God, this is real. So I tweeted about it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm an expert in sexual violence for what it's worth. That's what I do for a living. I've been a director at two rape crisis centers. I just listened to Tara Reed's interview and I believe her. I think she's telling the truth. I think, I think she was sexually assaulted by Joe Biden. And that was, that was it. Like, forget it. That was in, I guess, March. And, uh, then I wrote an article for Common Dreams about it, yeah. and that's when they started coming after me because I think what I represented was um, not only the lead singer of Joe Lies and Drobinko, <laughs> but which you know there was a lot of rivalries out there. No, I think I think the fact that I all right. So when I'm tweeting about this, um, and I'm going out and I'm interviewing about it, I'm not sure. saying. As right. a professor at this institution, I'm I'm not saying that, but the right. point that's where I work, though. Yeah. Right. So they knew I worked at Columbia, and they thought, "Oh God, see that." I mean, the fact that I had credibility. I've trained over a thousand judges in New York State on trauma and sexual violence and domestic violence and child abuse. Yeah. I trained nationally. I'm actually talking to people outside of the United States to do trainings. Right. You know, in other countries, like so, I'm known as an expert, right. For whatever it's worth. Right. I, and I think it threatened them because instead of 
instead of people that were just saying, hey, I think Joe Biden's a rapist, I'm saying I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of victims. Yeah. Hundreds. Credible threat. Yeah. This woman is credible. Yeah. And uh, that's when they started trying to get me fired. Right. It's just been. And how did, like, so, does the so much fun. Does the administration just like kind of take it in stride? Like they know they're just like activists or like extremists or, you know, you're not, you were never like in danger of any, any repercussions. Well, you know, here's the thing. Yeah. Right. We're in the middle of a pandemic. So they're right. cutting enrollments down. Yeah. They're cutting back on classes. Yeah. If I didn't get work in the spring, I don't know if they're going to say to me, here's why, but I can right. tell you, look, my professional reputation matters to me. Yeah. And I have every right as a private citizen, but you know, both, both universities understand what I'm doing is advocating for a victim of sexual violence whose perpetrator just happens to be now the president elect. Right. That's not her fault. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so if people are going to be upset that she came forward or that allies like me are standing up about it, maybe be more upset about the fact that Joe Biden shoved his inside of her. Yeah. Without, and I'm sorry to like, but that's what happened. And that's horrible. Right. right. So that should be upsetting to people. So as far as my job goes, no, you know, I'm teaching. Yeah. I'm still teaching at those two institutions. I'm well regarded there. You know, it's just, it's sad that, it's sad that it got to that point, but I'll tell you, it's coordinated with, with some, some people who are associated with the democratic party. This is this woman, Sally Albright. Right. She used to work for Newt Gingrich. <laughs> She's a Republican. And then she worked for, you know, for the Democrats in 2016 to help Clinton get elected. And of course, Hillary won in 2016. So that, <laughs> that went well. Oh, I'm sorry. She didn't, but um, they <laughs> came after <out> Bernie. <laughs> they hated Bernie. Yeah. So anybody that supported Bernie and you, if you said Medicare for all, they'd be like, you're, you're stupid. And you're, you're like a child. Stop being so petulant. You petulant child. Yeah. They were all about Bernie and then when Bernie dropped out and endorsed Biden, that's right when Tara Reid came out, they started jumping on the Tara Reid issue and saying horrible things about her right. and then being like real assholes to me and anybody who stood up for her. Yeah. You know, they would – if you have another hour or two. You know, <laughs> I wish you I would. But... You see how things work, yeah. right? Yeah. So she comes out with an allegation and what ends up happening – there's an article that appears in Politico about her called um, manipulative, deceitful user. And it wow. talks about how like she was laid on her rent in the nineties. And there were a few landlords that didn't like her and an ex roommate. And I'm like, Oh my God, can you imagine if, if, if they did that to all of us? Wow. You know, like I've been laid on my rent. There's roommates that probably don't like me. Um, I had a roommate that used to like, we had to get, we had to get rid of him. He was like verbally abusive to his girlfriend. It was horrible. I'm sure he doesn't like me. He might say terrible things about me. Um, but right. So, so they did all that and it it was just, you know, and so I got, I got caught up in it. I got caught up in it and it's been, it's been so pleasant. (laughs) Good. So, So then let's change it up then totally completely. 
Um, I you told me that you worked at WLIR Radio. I did back in the day. I want to hear about that because I mean I remember you know we had Z100 WPLJ rest in peace and um, you know with Q104, but LIR was something unique and something different. I think that that Long Island had. By the way, you have a good DJ voice. I think you could do it. Oh, good. Better. I'll apply. I'll ask Harlan Friedman. Yeah. <laughs> so and sorry if I went on too long about that. That other no, stuff. I'm, I, like, I'll, I'll stream it. I don't care. You know, it's fine with me. Listen. Okay. So when LIR was, so people don't realize WLIR started on Long Island. It was like a regular, like rock station. They played a whole mix of music. Right. And then in like the early eighties, they decided they wanted to just play new wave. Right. But they decided not to call it new wave because they thought, what if new wave isn't around in a few years? It's something else. Let's just call it new music. So they changed their format to just new music and they played stuff nobody was playing. Right. So the first time you heard U2. Yeah. I mean, when they were breaking was on LIR. The first time you heard Billy Idol was on LIR. Before they had a video on MTV, right? I remember um, Dexie's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen. (laughs) I used to call Vince Skelsa. He had a show on Sunday nights. And I would call him and be like, what's that song? (laughs) Oh, yeah. He goes, that's good. I played it a couple of weeks ago. I'll play it again. And so – and I would bug him to to keep playing the song. And they weren't even playing it in rotation at the time. And then all of a sudden they started playing it in rotation. So I remember thinking like, maybe I had something to do with that. Cause I kept calling him to play the song cause it was right. in my head and I liked it. And then of course it became huge. And I, I was like, Oh, I wonder they should be very thankful that I called up. So anyway, what ended up happening with LAR was uh, I got a job. You didn't get paid for it. Right. I was a volunteer answering phones. <laughs> they called it the dare line because LAR was dare to be different. Right. Right. And I would answer the phones. It was the coolest thing. Yeah. And, you know, I worked with Larry the Duck. I worked with Malibu Sue. I still know Sue. Malibu Sue's awesome. I see her around every now and then. I think we're Facebook friends. Yeah. Um, if, she, if she hasn't canceled me yet, yeah. I don't think she has. But Malibu <laughs> Sue can. Larry the Duck, uh, Donna Donna. I worked with her. A guy named Bob Maroney, who was really, really cool. I And, um, Barry Ravioli, who passed away a few years ago, sadly, uh, worked with Larry the Duck and a few other DJs. Yeah. Max Max was my boss. I mean, these were great people. It was an exciting time to be there. And all of a sudden, like, I'd be I'd be there and they'd be like, hey, could you go around the corner uh, to get to get bagels for us? They would give me 20 bucks and I'd buy bagels. They're like, uh, we have a guest coming in. I'm like, who? And they're like, oh, Elvis Costello. So like <laughs> I'd come back with bagels and there, there was Elvis Costello. I'm wow. like, would you like a bagel? And, uh, <laughs> you know, I met them, Lou Reed, yeah. the Bengals, all these guys would just stop by the station yeah. and chill out. And it was the coolest thing. Like Joan Jett, cause she's yeah. from Long Island. I saw yeah. her a bunch of times. She's awesome. Wow. And uh, I feel like there's a, an internet radio station, LIR. I don't know if it came back in that regard. It was not the real thing. The, I feel like there's. I think it might have, and it, and somebody bought the call letters. I don't know what, what where it is now, but it was like out east on Long Island, like one hundred seven one. But there's a documentary which I saw the trailer for. I haven't seen the whole thing yet. Called Dare to Be Different. Okay. And it's on Amazon Prime. It's okay. I, I heard really good things, but it's all about that station. Okay. And they say that like 
they made these bands famous because yeah. nobody, no other radio station in, in America was playing it at the time. Yeah. They would like listen to LIR and all of a sudden, next thing you know, it was playing in California. Right. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. And then I got to play on that station, right? Because Joe Lies, we did an acoustic set. Oh, no way. Marlon. Yeah, because he used to have like a Sunday night program. And he'd, he'd, have whole he'd whole show whole. up at Munchaba, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how I met him, I think. Yeah. Wow. I still owe him like, I think, 20 bucks. Okay, well, I'll make sure he you hears know? this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Cool man, this is this is a good catch up. I'm glad uh I'm glad you you've made it through the storm. And uh have I though? Yeah, I don't know. We're, you know, it's always cloudy, but the this the hurricane season may have passed. I mean I hope so, but I don't know. I I got a big mouth. You okay. know what like isn't that what Twitter's for? How dare you communicate? I know. <laughs> I know. I always thought that when I was in school and I would get in trouble for talking. Yeah. And I'm like you are sending me to school to learn how to communicate. Yeah. And now here I am. And I went to Catholic school, you know. Right. <laughs> so that went um I got kicked out of Catholic school at the uh end of my junior year of uh, high school. Uh, yeah. Well, here I we did, are now. Here we are now. There I made go. it. I did okay. Yeah. Cool, man. It was good. Good catching up. Um, do, do you, is there something you would like to promote or is it like, do you, I mean, you're, you're a teacher. I mean, I don't know. I guess promote Joe Lai's music, but. Well, okay. Yeah. So we, we actually, I'm trying to get the music out there. So I wish, I wish I had a place for people to do that. Uh, that'll happen soon. Yeah. And, um, and I'll, I'll let you know, and maybe you'll have me back on for a short thing. I can yeah. promote my TED talk. I did a TED talk. <laughs> wow. I did a TED talk. Right, it's a TEDx talk, yep. right? And that's when some of the people online are like, he didn't do a real TED talk. It's a TEDx talk. I'm like, it's a freaking TED talk, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I did it on inequality and capitalism okay. and why it, why it's, uh, why it, how it's like, how it hurts, hurts like kids growing up and what we need to do about it. So that was four years ago. So people could check out my TED talk. It's called okay. Watch the Gap. Okay. So if you put in my last name on YouTube, Zenkus, Z-E-N-K-U-S. I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, you're telescoping like John Madden. Oh, well. <laughs> I've heard him say, <laughs> leave, leave it alone with John Madden. Okay. But uh, <laughs> he's a national treasure or something. Yeah. But yeah, so my TED talk is on, on okay. YouTube. I'm on Twitter. At Anthony Zenkus, A N T H O N Y Z E N K U S, also okay. known as Prof Z. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my hip hop name. <laughs> Prof Z. Yeah. Prof Z. Throwing it down. People don't know that I can rap. I think every uh, musician kind of has an ability to rap. Well, I will tell it. you that I have done. I haven't. I don't sing for my students, but I have rapped for them. <laughs> I might leave you with one. Sure. So I like old school, I mean, Cool Modi, Grandmaster Flash, Furious Five, okay. KRS-One, Love okay. Public Enemy, Public Enemy, I teach at Adelphi too. Chuck D went to Adelphi. When I was wow. there, he was, uh, he had a radio show, but it, but he wasn't rapping and he was just talking because the guy's brilliant. Yeah. He spoke at our graduation a couple of years back. 
but um yeah, I, I love Public Enemy. Nice. So, like, bass, how low can you go? Death Row, what a brother know next up. The Incredible. It's so funny listening to me. But my favorite is <laughs> I was walking down the street. I was rocking my beat. I was clapping my hands and I was stomping my feet. I saw a little lady so neat and petite. She was so sweet. You know, I wanted to meet her. So, <laughs> you know, I didn't yes. say I was good at it. No, you know your cadence is on. You got it. See, if only... I had shared a rap video and then the Trump campaign tweeted it if out. If only you had spoken that video in rap cadence, I think maybe, I don't know. Here's, here's a video of Joe Biden. I wonder <laughs> what he's hiding. <laughs> don't nice. even. Good. All right. We're going to share this with the masses. And uh, yeah, th- thank you for, for sharing your story. Uh, it's good to, to stay up with what you're doing. And uh Let's go Prof Z. Prof Z yeah. 2024 evermore. Boom. Yeah. Hey, it was great catching up with you, Evan. Uh, let's stay in touch. You Ooh. are awesome. And uh, this has been fun. That's I don't know. Enough. That's good enough. You made my Monday exciting. Thank you. All right. I want to thank Anthony for coming on the podcast Again, awkwardwithevan.com for every single old episode you have ever come in contact with. Um, go to at awkwardwithevan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You guys have been awesome. And uh, I have another episode in the can and there's some other people I am looking to corral. So be ready. Be there. Subscribe, share, rate, review. And uh, we'll see you. Stay awkward because I will. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Wexel.